0: I
1: cannot wait to see
0: you. That was Sin Masticar from Iles Almadora. For the Puerto Rican singer and songwriter, music has long been a family affair. As a teen, her brothers recruited her to become a member of CAE 13. Together, they've won three Grammys and 21 Latin Grammys. Ile has spent the past few years reintroducing herself as a solo artist, and along with Residente, her brother, and Bad Bunny, co-wrote and performed Afilando Los Cuchillos, the song that became the anthem to Puerto Rico's protests. Listening to Almadora, it is clear that Ile like the island she loves, is recognizing the depths of her own strength. Welcome to New York City. Thank you. Good to see you in your hotel room. Thank you for making <laughs> this work. I appreciate you. You released Almadora prior to the protests ousting the governor. Your lyrics I saw in countless protest signs. My friend Anna lives on the island, and she
1: calls Almadora a premonition. Oh, <laughs> I've heard that a little, uh, but it's super crazy for me because maybe the only thing I can think of is like when you wish something so bad that Mm. suddenly it becomes a reality. I think that might be what happened because I've always had this frustration, not only about uh, our colonial status and how we see things, but the thing that frustrates me the most is when I, I start seeing the people thinking that they're not enough, that they mm-hmm. are not uh, capable of doing anything, that we need dependency. And for me, that's not part of our essence. And I can see so much more um, from the Puerto Rican people that what we see in ourselves. And for me, that was my m- biggest frustration and what made me write these songs.
0: Did you always see the island's
1: relationship
0: to the U.S. that way, or did you have
1: an aha moment? I've always seen it because thanks to my family, like, we all share as a majority uh, the same ideals, and and I remember having that teenage moment of questioning myself if I actually believed in independence or if it was just because my family believes in it, and I remember having that moment and realizing that, yes, I, I do believe in independence, and I Little by little, I've been appreciating more who we are and what we have. And even though Puerto Rico has been a colony for so long, our identity still remains. And that is something that we should recognize and wonder. Why does our identity still remain? And that maybe has to do with the moment we are living now. SHARPENING THE KNIVES BECAME THE ANTHEM OF THE PROTEST. How did it come together? Well, I suddenly received a call uh, from my brother that they were just doing this song. Yeah, I mean, it was almost, yeah, like one day to another. And they told me to write the chorus. He just sent me the beats uh, that were made by Truco. I had an idea about, like... If what it was going to be about because we were all very angry about the whole situation. But I didn't hear what my brother wrote or Bad Bunny, like, and neither my brother. I mean, we were all like on our own writing what we were feeling. But since we were Puerto Ricans, uh, I think we were sharing that same anger <laughs> mm-hmm. and we were fierce, you know, with everything that was going on. And we just expressed ourselves in different ways. And that's how it all came together. And um, they just told me about the the knives concept, so i I just like wrote what I felt and 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 the melody and everything. but it was like a very from the heart. <laughs> what did it then feel like to listen to that song play in the streets in that moment? It was amazing, especially because the people just knew the whole lyrics like the day after. (laughs) So, or the same day, I don't remember. But it was crazy, but empowering, you know. I mean, Puerto Rico must have a lot of political songs, but we don't know about them so much. And I think in that moment, we were just like seeking for something that we could chant
0: is there something that's getting in the way of your happiness or that's preventing you from achieving your goals? I have found that talking with someone can make a big difference, but sometimes the logistics like finding the right person and the time to connect make things complicated. BetterHelp online counseling connects you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. You can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. BetterHelp's licensed professional counselors specialize in everything from depression to relationships to complicated family dynamics, self-esteem, grief, you get it. And if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time. They even have financial aid for those who qualify. Best of all, it's an affordable option. Latina to Latina listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code latina. So, why not get started today? Go to slash latina Fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor. That's slash latina
1: me temes. Si soy fruto de algo que no tiene
0: so let's talk about some of the songs on the most recent album. Themis, beautiful traditional ballad and then you sort of zone in on the lyrics and that refrain, why are you afraid of me? It haunts me. What inspired you to write this song?
1: Um. Well, I knew, I mean, when I was feeling the energy of this album, uh, I was very angry and I needed, like, I I, I literally exploded with with these songs. Uh, so I knew that I wanted to speak about us as women in this world, our constant battle and everything, but I wanted to do it very direct and very clear and not too poetic, you know, and too hard to understand for the people that... Don't understand this yet. Don't understand that this is a problem that we need to work out. So I, I was thinking a lot. I was looking for a lot of information. I saw a lot of news and images that I didn't want to watch, but it, they helped me uh, to get into different situations that I've never been in. Never, luckily. But uh, meaning domestic violence, domestic violence and uh, verbal violence, whatever violence it can be like, from it can be very subtle or it can be very big and physical. Um, but now you can find everything on, on the internet, and and obviously, as the rest of the world in Puerto Rico, it also happens like the um, uh, well, homicidal feminicidios, as we call it. And there was, like, recently when I was writing this song, there was one that happened in Puerto Rico, and I used a phrase in the song thinking about that moment that she was stabbed in the back and on the neck. It made me wonder, like, whoa, like, he was so coward that he killed her from, be- from the back. Like, he couldn't even see her face. It was powerful, you know, to to think uh, why. I mean, like, why... He couldn't see her, you know. Even though there's many that do uh, have that morbid, uh, that that do see her, but at the same time, like it came from that uh, situation, that fear, you know, that must go through men that do these type of things. I mean, why? Why is that? Why? I mean, it's it's it comes from that questioning. I mean, why? Does he might feel the necessity of killing this woman? I mean, why does he need to feel powerful? Why does he need to shut her up from I mean I mean what's what is he afraid of? And, and that's how the song started growing and growing. And for me the bolero part fit perfectly because I love boleros so much because they make you feel closer to the song and they speak to you. But most of boleros, all of boleros almost, are romantic. And I enjoy especially these boleros that are more dark tones and more mysterious. Um, so I suddenly I, I explore with it, and I'm glad that it fit perfectly, this mysterious-ish, dark tone boleros, but speaking about a reality that is very raw and very real and something that we need to understand very straightforward. In Contra
0: Todo, you become Puerto Rico. And was that your intent?
1: Well, it comes from that. I mean, it's it's rooted from the Puerto Rican situation. But at the same time, I've I've noticed that it's something that happens a lot in other countries. Even though, for example, Latin America is are not in a in a literal colony, but at the same time they are indirectly, uh, and they're very dominated as well by the United States. Most of them, I feel like it's become pretty universal. But yeah, obviously I was feeling connected to the Puerto Rican situation. And I see that song as something that is buried under the ground that starts, like, getting out of it and, you know, recomposing and going. You've been singing since you could talk. (laughs) I mean, they say that dramatically. Uh I I don't know. (laughs) So is that like family <laughs> lore or is that the truth? Do you remember that? I remember um, there's like a cassette that I we cannot find, but that I was like a baby and with Pampers and I was singing, um, you know, songs uh, Juan Luis Guerra, Whitney Houston, <laughs> but you know, in my own language. <laughs> um, and yet, growing up you weren't
0: particularly interested in being center stage. Like, I think sometimes we think of artists
1: and it's like, I'm going to put on a show all the time. That wasn't you. We're a big family and I was the little one. So we all did like naturally. It was not like uh, organized or anything, but we naturally did like, talent shows in our families. Uh, it's my favorite pastime as a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I remember, you know, being the center of attention, maybe because I'm the little one and I was so used to that. I wasn't seeking for that anymore because, like, I I got tired of it. <laughs> in a way, I had in me that, uh, I mean, I enjoyed music a lot and I enjoyed singing and and I I, I, I used to play the piano and I... And I knew, like, since I was very little, that music was a big part of me.
0: When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads, what did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in Pampers Swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swaddlers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe-Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. So others have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club.
1: Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the balls filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh, boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? (laughs) They do look cute, though. Bringing cheer. M&Ms for all fun kind. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th. At 6.30 p.m., we're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events.
0: Have you tried H2 Rose? We saw it all over Instagram with backers like The Real's Adrian Balon. so we got curious and tried it. And now we love it. H2 Rose is rose water infused with saffron and real fruit juice. Rose water is a favorite of skincare enthusiasts who credit it with improved complexion, and saffron has traditionally been associated with improved sleep and better moods. H2 Rose comes in four delicious flavors peach, apple, mango, and wild berry, a team favorite. If you want to give it a try, you can find it in stores, order a pack online, or sign up for a subscription at DrinkH2Rose.com. Use the promo code Latina and get $5 off your first order. That's DrinkH2Rose.com. Tell me about how they approached you with the idea of you
1: becoming a part. Of they didn't approach, they just ordered <laughs> me <laughs> as big brothers. I mean, they um the, my brother Rene picked me up at school one day, and it was weird that Rene picked me up in school, like that didn't happen. Uh, so he picked me up and and he started putting me like a song that was by that time La, La Guacatona. And he started, I mean, I used to imitate voices, and he told me, Try to sing this. This lyrics as, like, someone, you know? And I started, like, imitating. And then he told me another name, and I started imitating and imitating. And then he said, oh, try to do it like yourself. And I said, like, myself? I don't know how to do it like myself. Like, what you talking about? I didn't know what he was doing. But we were suddenly going to my other brother's house. <laughs> and then they asked me to sing that chorus Uh, I I didn't know what was going on. I mean, I knew my other brother, he had a band that they ended up and and I knew that my brothers like like to mess around and do things. But we were literally messing around. I didn't know what they were doing. I didn't took anything seriously or anything. We were just messing around and having fun. And I did the chorus and... And like that, and then suddenly that chorus was for a demo, and then suddenly, like, the White Lion listened to it, uh, a record label from Puerto Rico. And then suddenly everything escalated super quickly, and everything started up, and it was like we didn't know exactly what was going on and what we were doing. We were just literally going with the flow, but I was at school, and then I was traveling, and then... I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I love that before we started, I said to you, I wanted to make sure I had the count of the Grammys and the Latin Grammys, right? And you're like, I don't know. Like you have <laughs> stopped keeping track. And yeah. yet it is quite an accomplishment. What did you as a family
1: sacrifice to have that level of achievement? Well, it's weird, you know, um, people... Get into you, you know, uh, being in public and and you know, uh, obviously being open about believing in independence. People in Puerto Rico started to at the beginning, you know, people rejected a lot the group. And obviously, being urban uh, at that time, I mean, still, but at that time, reggaeton was very powerful, and suddenly, like, who's this guy talking about other things? What are they talking about? And I think every everything started when René wrote the song about Filiberto Ojeda Rios uh, that got killed by the FBI in his house when he was very old. So I think that's when everything like started to blow up in a good way for me. But at the same time, like a lot of rejection from Puerto Rico. Uh, And a lot of confusion.
0: But what did that mean, that you would go places and people would say things? What did it actually look like to experience that rejection?
1: Well, I mean, I didn't experience it directly, even though you read things Mm. uh, in social media, a lot of uh, threats. I'm sure that my brother received many threats. uh, And, you know, he kept going and they, they kept going. And, I mean, we... We that that was scary, you know, because um, Puerto Rico is very small uh, and people can find you very easily. So uh, and I mean and everything it's can get very dark, but at the same time, I mean we were just making music and we were just thinking that everything was going to be okay in a way, you know. Uh, and we were together. I mean, we're a, we're a big family, and we were always together, and we support each other a lot, and and that has a lot to do with it. How did the idea of pursuing solo acts evolve? Um, I mean, my brothers, like I said, older brothers, they since day one they always say, no, this is my little sister. She's going to have make an album say, what? What are you talking about? I'm 16. (laughs) I'm (laughs) PG-13. Yeah. I mean, I I was having fun, you know. It it was very normal for me. I'm the little one, you know, like almost like a puppet, but in a good way, you know, I I was enjoying it. But at the same time was like, stop saying that in public, you know. Because it felt like pressure? Yeah, pressure. But at the same time, it was like, I'm, I don't know. I, I, I Why? Didn't. What
0: else did you think that you might do if you weren't going to become an artist?
1: I thought I was going to be a pianist, but I don't know in what way. You know, maybe I was going to do a piano album. Maybe I was just going to play over there. I don't know. <laughs> I was studying and I, I was just uh, not thinking about who I was going to become at all. You were 16. Yeah, exactly. And they were saying that I was going to make an album. No, you have to listen to it. And everyone was like expecting, expecting, expecting. So now when I released finally my first album in 2016, they all asked me, what took you so long? And I said... It didn't <laughs> took me so long that this this was the time that I wanted it like myself not uh, but it was funny because I told him that stop saying that and they and they stopped but they say it so much that people just were expecting it since the beginning and I was just having fun with with Calle Trece, with the band and and I mean I I took the chance to explore a lot about myself on stage um and and that That's a very um, important process. Like you have to absorb the energy of the audience and in yourself, how you're feeling, how are you becoming on stage and... What are you doing with your body? You know how you're feeling inside and, and outside. It's for me, it's very psychological, and it, it takes a lot. I feel grateful that I had that time, but I was enjoying that time, not thinking at all about the other things. Uh, so everything happened naturally. Um, everything was very intense. It was ten intense, long years, and, and we felt that we needed. Uh, to explore on our own other things. So that's what we did. I didn't even know if I I was going to make it, but uh, suddenly everything flowed, and here I am now.
0: <laughs> Your music is often called revolutionary. Do you consider yourself a revolutionary?
1: It, I mean, maybe it costs me to say, uh, like, the terminology or whatever, but, yeah, maybe, maybe I am, if you... If you see it in other ways, yeah. I mean, I think I, I think I am. I, I don't. The thing is that I don't do things thinking about that, you know, uh, about how I'm going to be considered or, or whatever. I just do what I, what I'm feeling, and, and I'm just basically sharing everything. So I sometimes don't know if I'm putting away on people <laughs> with what I'm, with what I want to say, uh, but. Yeah, maybe I am. Hile, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Thank you, as always, for joining us. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Antigua williams and me, Alicia Menendez. Cedric Wilson is our mixer. Emma Forbes is our assistant producer we love hearing from you. We really do. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. And remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. And please leave a review. It is one of the quickest ways to help us grow as a community. Finally, be sure to follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. We're at Latina to Latina.